Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 769, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45. Let's read the passage. When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest, but it doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house vacant, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's condition is worse than the first. That's how it will also be with this evil generation. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is presenting this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah the promised one, the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He's presenting this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. We're in a section, chapters 11 and 12, where we're dealing with a variety of responses to Jesus. We had John the Baptist, who was so sure that Jesus was the one in chapter 3. Now he's in prison. He's not so sure. So he's having a moment of doubt. His response is doubt. The towns of Galilee that Jesus pronounces the woes on, their response was indifference. Then we saw that some responded in faith. Then we saw opposition began with Sabbath issues, particularly when Jesus healed the man in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And so they accused him of being a Sabbath breaker, a lawbreaker, and plotted to kill him. So Jesus withdrew from that area, but continued to heal. And the crowd, seeing the healings, are asking, is this the son of David, the Messiah? The Pharisees, seeing this, say, no, he is doing this by demonic powers. And then Jesus responds pretty strongly to their accusation. Then the Pharisees and scribes ask for a sign. Now we have this response from Jesus, 43 through 45, about an unclean spirit. Remember, it goes back to what started this particular little episode was Jesus healed the man who was mute and deaf and cast out the demon and the man could speak and the man could hear. That's when the crowd said, we think this might be the son of David. And the Pharisees said, no, we think he's doing this through demonic powers. So he's going back to the subject of unclean spirits but it's bigger than just unclean spirits. He says, when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest, but doesn't find any. Now, this is kind of obscure and not sure exactly what it means, but the thinking at the time was that desert areas were places that unclean spirits would hang out. And perhaps that was why Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. So it's best not to put too much emphasis on this since we really don't understand. Is he talking about a desert place from a spiritual perspective? Not sure. But the point is the unclean spirit looking for a place, but it can't find a place it really wants to be. Verse 44. Then it says, I'll go back to the house that I came from. Now house is referring to the person that he had been possessing. 
Returning, it finds the house vacant, swept, and put in order. Okay, what's going on here? The image, remember, this is the unclean spirit has been cast out of the person. Now he comes back to that person, and the imagery is that person is now a house, vacant, swept, and put in order. So the house is vacant, meaning there's nobody home. There's nobody there. Nobody lives there because it was occupied by the unclean spirit, the demon. But he was cast out. And so now there is no spiritual inhabitants, no demons, and no Holy Spirit. The point here is that no one has taken the place of this demon. And the warning is that something needs to fill that vacancy. Now, the idea of being swept and put in order, meaning he's free from the demonic oppression and perhaps even morally correct. But that's not good enough. Something needs to fill that gap. And explicitly stated, but the understanding is God needs to fill that gap. The Holy Spirit needs to fill that gap. Discipleship, being a follower of Jesus, needs to fill that gap. You cast the demon out, there's a vacancy that needs to be filled. Now, what happens in this case? Verse 45, then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. Now, some people see a little bit of humor here that Jesus is using in that the, the demon comes back and finds the house is vacant, swept, put in order, meaning it's a little too nice for him to hang out there. So he gets, goes and gets seven more spirits, even worse than himself, so they can properly trash it big time. In which case, that person's last condition is worse than the first. Before, he only had one demon. Now, he has eight demons. Now, the perspective from the exorcism view is that if a spirit is cast out, something needs to fill that gap. Something spiritual. And it had better be something from God. That is, the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, this person's now a target for re-demon possession, and even worse than the first time. But then he adds this last comment. That's how it will also be with this evil generation. Now, he's made a couple of comments already about this evil generation. These people who have seen the Messiah, Jesus is there operating clearly in the power of God, clearly doing God's will, clearly doing what the Messiah is supposed to do. In fact, the crowds are asking, could this be the Messiah? So he's comparing their condition to the person who's subject to being repossessed by evil spirits. What's his message here? They've seen the Messiah. They're being offered freedom, freedom from the legalism that they have been subject to, that they've been bound by this legalistic idea of how you know God. They're being offered freedom, but failure to apply that freedom in the realm of discipleship, becoming followers of Jesus, they're going to be worse off than they were before. 
that goes along with some imagery he'd given before, that those who've been exposed to the truth but have rejected it, that was with the woes on the towns of Galilee, those who knew the Jewish scriptures, those who know who God is, and then when the Messiah comes, either reject him or just don't care, it's going to be worse for them than for the pagan towns who had no idea of the truth. And so the, the imagery here for this evil generation is because they have seen Jesus, they have seen the Messiah at work, but rejected him. They're going to be worse off than they were before he ever came. So what's the message for us? Well, the message for us is to make sure that we do share the truth of the gospel, that we do share the truth of God to those around us, because they will be held accountable for their failure to respond. But also on a practical level, the idea of filling a void. Sometimes we're dealing with a, a habitual sin, and we kind of break free from it momentarily. We need to fill that gap with something else. Otherwise, we fall back into the same bad habits, and sometimes even worse than before. So, fill with something of God. Replace the bad habit with a good habit, with a spiritual discipline. He gives the example here of an evil spirit, a particular person who had been pressed by a demonic spirit. He doesn't say that's the case with everyone, but this is just a case study. But he's using that as an example to then bring that bottom line of, and that's the way it is with this evil generation. And it's specifically after the scribes and Pharisees are demanding a sign. There's been plenty of signs. The crowd is getting it. But the religious leaders, they're missing it because they can't see plainly what's going on in front of them. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.